This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, my goodness. Good gracious. A victory Tuesday edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. And why not after a thrilling come from behind 17-16 win over the New Orleans Saints as Tom Brady throws the game-winning touchdown to rookie Rashad White from six yards out and three seconds remaining as the Buccaneers pull to six and six. Even on the season, still maintain a lead in the NFC South and at the same time put a dagger in the New Orleans Saints. Welcome in to the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Great to be back with you. It did not look good for a while, but the reminder has been there time and again, hasn't it? Not just in his New England career, but now we have a large enough sample size in his Tampa Bay career. If you give Tom Brady the chance to win a game, even at 45 years of age, he's going to make the throws. He's going to make the play, certainly if you give him a couple of chances to win the game, which the New Orleans Saints, just like the L.A. Rams a few weeks ago, gave him a couple of chances to drive 91 yards for the setup touchdown. And then in the closing part of the game, just incredible to watch him once again work the team with the help of the line and the receivers and the backs, work them into scoring range. And, man, just like Kate Otten, a rookie against the Rams, it's Rashad White, a rookie redeeming himself from an earlier fumble in the second half, but getting the game-winning touchdown. All right, so, so much to get to. Glad you found us on Nothing But Bucks. We're here after each and every Buccaneer game recap podcast mode. You're going to hear incredible highlights with Mean Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore, with Gene especially in the fourth quarter uh, rolling, as the Hall of Fame voice does. You're going to relive our Hooters postgame show interviews with the likes of Rashad White and also head coach Todd Bowles, Chris Godwin, Nick Leverett, and others. You'll hear from Tom Brady meeting with the media as well. You find this after each and every Buccaneer game, typically on Mondays. Now, it will be on Mondays for the rest of this year, but we're obviously here on a Tuesday after the Monday night win where the Buccaneers have swept, I'll probably say this a couple more times, the New Orleans Saints for the first time since 2007. There's a sweep against the Saints. Uh, that damages New Orleans greatly now at 4-9. and nine. They're done, folks. They're done. Under first-year coach Dennis Allen. And uh, it's <laughs> i got to say this, walking off that field last night, it's a tremendous win, and it's doubly, doubly good when you can put those jokers away, which the Buccaneers did last night. Back to the Bayou for them. All right, so, so much to get to. Uh, again, Uh, While this did not look good, and I'm not going to sit here even on the Buccaneers official recap podcast and tell you that everything's rosy and there are not flaws and problems. You have to get back to taking the ball away. That has gone away. Uh, And even the New Orleans Saints got a couple of takeaways in this game on uh, Monday night, and they're horrible at it as well. The Buccaneers, let's be honest, have been terrible at taking the ball away. That has got to come back down the stretch of the season and if you want to do damage in the postseason. Find a way to strip it out on sacks. Find a way to strip it out on guys running the ball, like what the Saints did to Rashad White. Find a way to jump in front of passes. Do something to get the short field going. That is one of the things that's affecting this team. Another thing, uh, and we've been saying this, and I'm kind of beginning a little bit on a negative, but you're becoming way too predictable again on run plays, short throws, and you're making it easy on the defense. Once you open it up, once you spread it out, once you throw the ball down the field and you, you make the defense play more honest, you start to see some results. And a lot of that had to do with desperation and the final you know, three, four minutes of the game. But look at the difference when things are spread out and the ball's going down the field. And yes, the Saints were backing off in some instances, but in other instances, the Saints were bringing blitzes and bringing extra pass rushers too. And Brady was just better. And that offense was just better. So again, you have flaws. I get it. You've had trouble scoring really all season long. The 30-point-per-game Buccaneers of the last couple of years, those, those days are apparently gone. But you've now found a way to win six times this season by scoring enough, playing good enough defense, and being opportunistic enough, and you'll take that. And maybe with all the weapons, from Evans to Godwin to Julio Jones to Cade Otten to the backs of the backfield, a healthier Russell Gage now, Scotty Miller, maybe you're going to start to put together some better offensive games down the stretch of the season. We'll see. With all the pieces back healthy, and let's hope they can stay healthy, or mostly healthy, 
maybe you're going to see it better. The Saints definitely have had mojo against the Buccaneers, and they had something to do with it, especially in the second and the third quarter. But the end result is it's a 60-minute game. And when the Bucs had to have two touchdowns, they got them both. All right, so we're going to get into all of this uh, here as everything unfolds. It was a red-out night at Raymond James Stadium. Spectacular setting, great night. Uh, it had been an 80-degree day in Tampa Bay and a great night uh, for this matchup with the Saints, with everybody clad in red, and, and it was mostly Buccaneer fans. There were probably a few thousand Saints fans, not as many as years gone by. Losing tends to empty out the bandwagon. We know that all too well in Tampa Bay. No more Drew Brees. Now it's Andy Dalton. Uh, so the Buccaneers got the ball first after winning the coin toss and moved down the field efficiently on a long drive and had a couple of chances inside and goal-to-go situation to get in the end zone. Couldn't do it uh, as uh, as Tom Brady tried to find Leonard Fournette on the third down play, and he got stopped uh, after they had also tried to find Chris Godwin down around the goal line. So you end up with the first points of the game being right here. Ryan Suckup, who has made 23 field goals this year, is going to attempt a 21-yard field goal. Spot down, kick airboard. It is good. Bucks three, Saints nothing. Ryan Suckup's field goal. Again, you cannot overstate that he has been so reliable and so money with the kicks uh, throughout this season. So he gets you out to the 3 nothing lead. It's not the seven points you would have wanted, but fair enough, you're on the board. You've got some momentum, and then you get the defense rolling. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast here that you need to get to the takeaways. The takeaways have got to come, but the sacks at least are still there, including early on in the game when the defense got off the field against uh, Andy Dalton and Alvin Kamara and Alave the rookie and Jarvis Landry and company. Here you go. Dalton maybe changing the play. A sidecar to his right is Kamara. Two receivers to his right. Here's the snap and dropping pressure coming. He's hit. He's back. He's dropped at the 25-yard line. Well, we set a blitz. Levante David does a great job. He blitzes. Love that man, 54, Levante David, who we just see continue to have big game after big play after big game, year after year after year in the Buccaneer red and pewter. You feel good for a lot of the links to the past with the Buccaneers, but feel good for that guy. There's not too many of them left uh, with the likes of Levante, Cameron Brait, Donovan Smith, Will Golston. There are not that many Buccaneers that link back to a lot of losing years under previous coaches, but now are getting to enjoy the fruits of Tom Brady comebacks for wins and trying to win the division. So Levante sack forces a Saints punt, but then New Orleans really got control of the game. Buccaneers couldn't sustain drives. They were getting some first downs, but couldn't sustain drives. And finally, the Saints put together an 80-yard drive of their own, mixing some uh, runs by Alvin Kamara, who didn't run it a lot, with some throws from Andy Dalton to the receivers. And then ultimately here, it's the guy that's kind of their jack of all trades. We, we've been warned. We've watched Taysom Hill clobber the Buccaneers for several years now, and here he was again. Dropping to throw Dalton. Looks to his right, looks to his left, throws to his left. Wide open, Taysom Hill. Touchdown, New Orleans Saints. He's a buck killer, and number seven does his thing. 30 yards officially on the touchdown pass. And, and again, we've seen confusion at times in the back end of the defense. And I know you're playing some reserve safeties at this stage. You had just gotten Logan Ryan, the veteran, back off injured reserve. Keanu Neal is out there. Uh, they're trying to get things communicated with the defensive backs. Taysom Hill can't get loose like that and be that wide open with nobody with deep help. It ends up being a 30-yard touchdown. It ends up being a 7-3 lead in favor of New Orleans. And they really got... Um, command of this game in the second period and put another drive together. They also were pressuring Tom Brady at times, forcing him to throw quicker than he wanted, including this mistake late in the first half. Bucks move left to right on your radio, head toward the south end zone. Good snap, belt high. Pass over the, it's intercepted, picked off at the 50-yard line. First turnover of the ball game, and the Buccaneers throw a pick. That's been rare. Only three interceptions this year for Tom Brady. I know he had some in the Baltimore game and in the Rams game that maybe could have been intercepted, throwing the ball to defenders, but officially that's only the third pick. He's been great at taking care of the football, and that, that squelched that Buccaneer drive. It led to a Will Lutz field goal at the end of the half and a 10-3 advantage for the New Orleans Saints. One subtle thing again, the Saints kept moving the ball and the Buccaneers didn't let them in the end zone the rest of the game. I realize it was maddening that you couldn't get points yourself on offense, but the fact that the Saints leading 7-3 to 
moved into scoring range, moved inside the red zone and only got three at the end of the half. Later in the game, moved inside the red zone in the third quarter, only got three again. That would be big for the end that we're coming to because all the points do add up. I did talk with Coach Todd Bowles going to the locker room on Buccaneers Radio and uh, and said, uh, hey, defensively, uh, they did get the one touchdown. What are you talking about at halftime? He said, we got to communicate better in the back end, and we got we got to do a better job with the pass rush of pressuring Andy Dalton, which that was some good, some bad in the second half. The end result, though, is the Saints took a 10-3 lead into the half. New Orleans uh, then got the opening kickoff to start the second half. Uh, the Buccaneers forced a punt. Then the Bucs couldn't move the ball, and then New Orleans would go on a 12-play, 65-yard march and now uh, stretch it to a 10-point lead with another Will Lutz field goal to make the game 13-3 uh, to at this point. And if you're the Buccaneers, uh, you, are, you are frustrated. You are frustrated because you just could not seemingly get something going, including here when you were trying to make something happen on third and long and another turnover at this stage of the game. Dropping Brady, looking Brady, flushed out of the bottom, cuffs the ball off, and is caught in the flat at the 45. Rashad White tr- tries to fight to the, they fumble the ball. It's loose, rolling down to the Saints 32-yard line. The Saints have come up with a football. Rashad White hit from the blind side, trying to fight for extra yardage, and the Saints have forced the second turnover of the game. Carl Granderson knocks the ball away from Rashad White, and the ball rolls all the way inside the 30 where the Saints recover. And again, as you're hearing Mean Gene and Dave Moore call it on Buccaneers Radio and 98 Rock on our Buccaneer Radio uh, stations and the Buccaneers mobile app, that's what I was talking about earlier in the podcast. That That's a case where it is a takeaway. That's not a fumble. That's a Saints defender from behind making the strip on the rookie Rashad White. And the Buccaneers have got to get back to some of that. Two, two turnovers or takeaways in eight games, and one of them is a Hail Mary interception in the end zone in the Cleveland game in the first half that's not that wouldn't have mattered if that ball's knocked down or intercepted. That's the only two takeaways right now. I know the one Devin White got in Germany in the second half against Seattle's big, but I mean these are these are like finding rarefied treasure right now. You've got to get back to getting takeaways just like what the Saints did there to take away some momentum. All right, so you get into the fourth quarter of the game and the Saints leading now at this stage uh, 16-3. They get that field goal from Will Lutz again. Another drive of 12 plays, 69 yards, burning the clock. Eight minutes to go in the game, and Lutz gets the field goal. But I again say to you, they get into scoring range, get into the red zone, and only get three. It happened three different times where a touchdown, obviously, in that instance, is going to make the game 20-3 to New Orleans. And you're outside of two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, obviously, being able to tie the game. So the fact that you hold them to three, they get three, not seven. On the math, that would be big for later on in this contest. Um, all right, so then, uh, then obviously, uh, the Bucks had punted to start the fourth quarter on a fourth down um, and medium from the 40-yard line of New Orleans where Todd Bowles said, I'm not going to go for it here. We're going to pin him in. Even though the game is 13-3, it did not work out because New Orleans went to the other end on the long seven-and-a-half-minute or so or seven-minute drive and got the field goal. Now uh, Todd Bowles is backed up in his own end and elects on fourth and ten to say, you know what, I got all three timeouts. I got the two-minute warning. It is still a 13-point po- game here where two touchdowns and two extra points can still win me the game, I'm going to punt. I will tell you that everybody's questioning that. I understand where you're wanting to go for it in that moment, but he chose with his own neck figuratively sticking out, I'm going to punt the ball. We're going to play defense. Uh, And you force the Saints to finally punt the ball away. They elect on third and one to try to throw. It's incomplete. They elect to punt on fourth and one, and now you set up Tom Brady here to make some plays. Uh, late in this game and try to make something happen. Uh, Give credit where it is due here to the Buccaneers trying to move the football in the closing moments. So here we go. The Buccaneers uh, begin to move the ball into position, firing the ball to Chris Godwin, getting the ball to uh, Leonard Fournette for a catch. And then eventually, a we don't have it on the highlights here from Mean Gene and, and from Dave Moore, but Mike Evans gets the pass interference penalty, which is absolutely the right call. Brady laid that ball to the middle of the field with Evans cutting to the middle of the field. He's going to haul that in for the touchdown. So instead, the Saints defender grabs him around the waist and the arms to interfere with him before he gets to 
the game, uh, the, the, the big touchdown play. So that sets you up now. Now the Buccaneers are in position. Uh, goal to go, and it only took one play after that uh, right here to get in the end zone. Play action fake. Brady rolling, throwing toward the end. Caught ball. Touchdown, Kadok. The tight end. Same play that scored a six last week in Cleveland. Three minutes left. Fire the cannons. Bucks make it 16 to 9. Not unlike what we saw at the end of the Rams game. In this case, Brady rolled a little bit to kind of fool the defense. We'll hear uh, Coach Todd Bowles talk a little more about this and Kay Dotton talking a little more about this a little bit later on uh, here in Nothing But Bucks about that touchdown because, again, the whole end sequence with trying to win the game doesn't happen if you don't get in the end zone in the first place on that drive right there. you got to get a touchdown and an extra point to set up the maddening comeback. So Otten gets in. You've got plenty of time. You're outside the two-minute warning. you got all your timeouts. You kick it deep. And then the defense again able to crank up right here. Uh, Carl Nassib dialing things up again. The Buccaneers were getting pressure at times, and here they get to Andy Dalton. Play action fake Dalton. Dropping, looking, looking. He's, he's going to go down. He is sacked at the 18-yard line. It's Carl Nassib. Nassib sack obviously backed the Saints up, and then Andy Dalton had a... Had a great opportunity on third and long to maybe get the clinching a third down conversion to help them try to run the clock out. But we don't have it in the highlights. But Keanu Neal belted that ball out of the hands of Taysom Hill. A great play. He and Levante David were there. Neal knocked the ball out. And now the Saints have to punt the ball away again. And you just had the feeling being down on that, that sideline that you've given Tom Brady another chance to make something happen here, and that's exactly what he was going to do, just like in that Rams game. It's easy as a broadcaster or if, as fans to have that confidence. The players have to go play, but you've just seen him do this so many times, and especially when they got rolling again uh, and got the Saints back on their heels. And look, so much is being made about soft defense, prevent defense. Look, the Saints were mixing the blitz in. They were, they were coming after Tom Brady with an extra blitzer on some occasions that wasn't getting home. Some quick reads, some throws over the middle to Chris Godwin, a big third down throw to Scotty Miller, and then this throw as well in the final 30 seconds to Julio Jones. Clock down to 40 seconds, down to 39, the snap of the ball. Brady looking, firing to the, oh, is it caught by Julio Jones? It is caught inside the five-yard line of the floor. Buccaneers with 29 seconds, a great grab by Julio Jones. 25 seconds, 24. That guy is getting healthier, Chris Godwin getting healthier, and the Buccaneers have weapons to obviously go to, especially in the two minutes. So now you're down around the five-yard line. And right after that, you get the touchdown that appears to be the winning touchdown to Chris Godwin in the back of the end zone, only to have a holding penalty on Donovan Smith, uh, which was the right call, Buccaneer fans. I mean, I know it's the official Buccaneers recap podcast, nothing but Bucks, but that's the right call. He grabbed the defender coming inside of him around the chest and the neck and is wrestling him around. That's holding to, to keep him off Tom Brady. I understand what he's doing. He's trying to keep him off the goat there, but it is a hold. So now you have to reload 10 yards back. You get another completion to Godwin to get you down to the five-yard line. You still have a timeout left, and actually the six-yard line. And, uh, and that would lead to the dramatic moments in the way that Mean Gene called it here with the game on the line, down 16 to 10. Rashad White, the running back. Here's the snap, Brady dropping, looking, Brady throws. Caught ball, it's caught, touchdown Tampa Bay. Rashad White, Rashad White, touchdown Buccaneers. Fire the cannons, Bucks tie the game at 16. Brady with a dart, and Rashad White finishes. Rashad White, redemption for Rashad White. After the fumble earlier, the rookie gets in the end zone uh, with a, a tremendously athletic play. I know Demario Davis is coming over a step late, trying to stop him, couldn't do it. Fantastic second effort. Uh, and what can you say about the Buccaneers tuning up on 11 plays, 63 yards in the final 226 to get that go-ahead score? Ryan Suckup's extra point is good. The Saints were trying to leap over the middle of the line and got a uh, leverage penalty for 15 yards uh, as well. And then they uh, they tried all the laterals on the final play, uh, and ultimately the Buccaneers stopped that and clinched the win on Monday Night Football. A dagger on the Saints. Their season is toast. Their season was already toast for the most part. Now it's definitely toast after the Buccaneers sweep them. How sweet that is, and dropped them to 4-9 and nine 
and officially now three and a half games back in the loss column with the tiebreaker and only five games to play. So, Buccaneers get the victory in this one, 17-16, on another fourth-quarter comeback. It is only the second time in Tom Brady's career. Super Bowl 51 is the other one against the Falcons. Sorry, Atlanta where Tom Brady was down at least 13 points in the fourth quarter and came back to win the game. In that case, down 28-3 at the half and still down in the fourth quarter. I believe they were down by 15 points in the fourth quarter and had to have a touchdown and a two and then the touchdown and the extra point to get into overtime and eventually win it for the Super Bowl win, the walk-off Super Bowl overtime win. Um, Again, Buccaneers here in the present day get the last second win yet again. That is now a third win in four games. That's now six and six on the season. Let's go right to the guy that caught the game winner. It was a little later in our Hooters postgame show because he had gone in the training room. He had been with the media. He had been outside talking to ESPN and the Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. So I got a chance to talk with Rashad White late in our postgame coverage. Here's that conversation first on Nothing But Bucks and our recap. Let's cut right to the chase. The winning touchdown play with three seconds to go. Tell me about what you did and getting in the end zone. Um, like I said, coach just called me. They called me. Um, and uh, we called the play. And uh, I just knew, like, I had a route uh, that we've been practicing all week. And, um, you know, I ran a little angle return route. And I was open. I was in my spot. And TB, you know, threw it to me. And I just knew if he threw it to me, I had a chance to get in there and, and score. So that's what happens. In those kind of moments, and what was it like here? Does it just get quiet? Did you hear crowd? Did you see defender? Is it just instinctive? What is that moment like? For me, it just even kill. I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, I got buddies back home say sometimes I take these moments for granted. Like, it's just weird. So, for me, it's always easy to kill, you know, just about doing my job, focusing up and, and things like that. And that's what happened. For me, it wasn't like nothing else more to it. Like, I just knew I was even kill. I just was focused and uh, to get done, get the task done. Two more fun ones. Kate Otten caught the winning touchdown as a rookie against the Rams in this stadium about four or five weeks ago. You just caught the winning touchdown as a rookie here in this stadium now a few weeks later against the Saints. Young guys making plays when they had to be made, right? And they end up both being huge. Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, he, he even made a huge touchdown today, uh, which was amazing. Uh, it's just great to see the young guys, you know, uh, following after older guys and, and wanting to make plays and being hungry to make plays and, and just being like the spotlight ain't too big for, you know, for us, the young guys. And so uh, that was just huge. It's just grateful. I, the guys that we got, like the rookie class that I came in with, uh, drafted, undrafted, one thing I can say about us is like we're so grateful. Uh, we appreciate the small things. And Tom Brady. To close it on, my goodness, down 13 with five and a half minutes left, and yet on that final drive, I think everybody believed there's going to be a great chance to score a touchdown. It's unreal. Yeah, um, everybody believed that. I mean, <laughs> even in the stadium. <laughs> even these Saints probably believed it. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Uh, that's tough. But, yeah, he just got in his groove, got in his bag, what he normally do as the GOAT, and uh, we just went from there. We followed his lead, and uh, he led us to the promised land. You have the ball, right? <laughs> got to have that ball. Yeah, I got it. Okay, good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Again, a six-catch night for him, none bigger than the one to win the game as a rookie. Back-to-back home games at Raymond James Stadium where a rookie catches the game-winning touchdown from Tom Brady in the final 10 seconds. Tremendous. I mean, this is all-time stuff. (laughs) Rashad White can tell that story for the next 50, 60 years, however long he's going to live. That I caught my first touchdown from Tom Brady on Monday Night Football with three seconds left to win the game. That's Hollywood type stuff. All right, let's continue in our postgame conversations. Cade Otten, again, if the Buccaneers don't get a touchdown on the drive before what turns out to be the winning drive, they, they don't have a chance, really. Maybe an onside kick, but that, I mean, they was rarely convert anymore in the NFL. You got to get a touchdown on the first drive. Otten did that on the one yard catch. Let's go to our conversation on the Hooters post-game show after the game. How did this team pull it out? Yeah, you know, it's unreal. Just just takes a lot of great character and belief. You know, it's it's football's a funny game. You're you're dead for three and a half quarters, and in the last three minutes, you come to life and win the game. And uh, just shows preparation, belief, and, and character, and just couldn't be prouder to be a part of this group. So much is going to be made of the final touchdown, but it's only set up by your touchdown. Describe that play as the game now becomes 16-10. to 10. Yeah, it was a great play call. Um, they're 
they were selling out hard on the run and just was able to get open in the back of the end zone. Tom delivered the ball great. And, um, you know, it's just, just that's a hard drive leading up to it too. And then, you know, the defense still has to make stops and, and then we got to finish. So it, it's just an unbelievable win. A lot of things have to come together, especially the hole we dug ourselves in, but uh, it just feels great. An 11-play, 63-yard drive, as it turns out, for the victory. What was being said? Did anything have to be said as you're moving down the field, needing six and an extra point to win the game? Yeah, you know, I, I think we just we saw what we did the drive before and just knew that we could do it again. It, I think uh, when things come down to the wire right that, like that and the objective is simple, like we got to score a touchdown to win this game. That's our only option. And so uh, just the determination and, and – these guys in the huddle and, and all across the team is just unbelievable. Okay, uh, Rashad White, you can identify with this. You were, as a rookie, caught a game-winning touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Tom, uh, Rashad White just caught his first NFL touchdown pass to win the game with three seconds left. Can you say enough about that? Oh my gosh, yeah, just, you know, you, you work a lot with your rookie group and uh, just getting to know Rashad and, and see him work and just the, the growth we've seen from him is just unbelievable. Um, he, he's a great asset to our team and to show up at the end of games like that, it, it just says a lot about him. K-Dotten becoming a threat again for this team uh, in the clutch and with big catches on third down. He was part of those last two drives as well, the rookie out of Washington, as he and the Buccaneers find a way and let's just keep rolling with the theme of the receivers another guy that made one big catch after another including the one that got erased off the board by the holding penalty that would have won the game here's chris godwin uh with me after this one was done early tuesday wow can you say enough about coming back from 13 down to win this one uh honestly you know you can't man i think man i think it speaks to the resiliency of our team um you know we're we're struggling a bit, trying to trying to put some things together, but uh, we just didn't quit. You know the defense they they played really really good all night, and they gave us a chance at the end with a couple of really big stops, and then we just capitalized on offense. Uh, you had what appeared to be the game-winning touchdown, and then the flag happens. Now you got to regroup as a team in the huddle, et cetera, right? Yeah, for sure. That like that's exactly what it is. You just gotta you know you gotta regroup and then play the next play. Um, of course, you would love to have have it in there, but uh, you know things happen and. You know, we, we always talk about having like a next play mentality, and that was that was a perfect example of that. Can you say enough about Tom Brady? You were just having a moment with him over there a, a second ago. I mean, this is incredible. This is 56 times, 56 times a fourth quarter uh, win or an overtime win. Incredible. Yeah, that, that's that's truly uh, unbelievable, man. But uh, I don't know what it is about about that guy, man. He's he's always locked in. But like within those last those game winning drives, he's even more locked in. Uh, definitely glad he's on our side. You know, there were a couple of timeouts being taken there at the very end. Was there anything in special being said in the huddle, not from a strategy standpoint, but from a lock-it-in standpoint, any reminders from, from Tom Brady or anything like that before the winning touchdown to Rashad White that you can recall? Uh, no, I mean, it, I think we all understood, you know, what the, what the mission was. You know, we knew what we had to get accomplished, and we knew we were right there. We just had to take advantage of it. I got a couple of things for you. How does 6-6 six and six in first place in the South sound? Love that. Love that. Program. How does the first sweep over New Orleans since 2007 sound? Even better. Even better. We love that. Uh, th those are, those are tough, uh, tough games for us, and we just capitalize on them, man. 13-point comeback in the final five-plus minutes to win this one. Chris, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Eight catches for 63 yards for Godwin. Again, Tom Brady spreading the ball around on a 36-for-54 night to a bunch of different receivers. Godwin had the, uh, the eight catches. Mike Evans, four catches for 59 yards. We mentioned Rashad White, six catches, 41 yards. Leonard Fournette, six for 32. Kate Otten, six for 28. Julio Jones, three for 28. Just a big, big play after big play on those final two drives kept coming, and the Buccaneers able to get the win. We continue with the conversations, including Nick Leverett off that offensive line. Leverett at left guard has been an addition that has really helped, not only in the run game, but pass protection for Tom Brady on the interior line. And I talked to Nick after the tough loss against the Browns. He was a stand-up guy to talk to me. So, of course, I'm going to go back to him after a win like this over the Saints, 17-16. The game. Tell me more about how you guys pulled together as a team and won this game, Nick. I mean, that's all it was, man, just pulling together, you know, just having faith and believing, you know, whether, whether we up or down, like, you know, if if we put our mind to it, we can put, we can take total control over the game. Um, 
you know, it wasn't just time out there. It was guys making great catches. It was the offensive line up front blocking our behinds off. Um, it was the running backs, you know, doing a great job. So, you know, we just, you know, we honed in on the de small, simple details. Uh, we knew what they was trying to do, and we couldn't let it happen. So that was the biggest thing, man. It, it, it was all of us, you know, pitching in. All right, so as I keep saying, the last touchdown drive doesn't happen without the first touchdown drive. And that one is a 91-yard drive to get in the end zone and give this team life. KDOT ends up catching it. At that point, what's the sideline like? What are you guys saying, if anything, to yourselves about give us one more chance, give Tom Brady one more chance? Must win. That's what it was. We got to the sideline. Hey, we got to keep going. We got to get ready for this next shot. We're going to get another shot. And when we get in there, we got to take advantage of it. We got to make sure we hone in on the details. Um, yeah, that's what it was. Like, man, we, we was hoping for the shot. We knew we was going to get a shot. And we knew as soon as we got in there what we had to do and what was on the line. And we executed. All right. And so let's get to that. Julio Jones makes the big catch, gets inside the, the five-yard line. You then get the touchdown to Chris Godwin. It's wiped off the board by the penalty. Okay, so now what's being said to regroup as you guys back up, if anything, because you're having to refocus, it's now second and long, and you still got time, and you still got a timeout, Nick. Don't panic. That was the biggest thing. Like, guys was panicking. Like, you know, that, that, was, that was the game right there. Like, no, we still had time on the clock. Um, we still had possession of the ball. We still had plenty of time to go down and score. So that was the biggest thing, like not to panic. You know, Donnie got the penalty, but, you know, guys were, was in his ear saying, you know, Donnie, it's okay. Like, you know, every, everybody's going to mess up. Um, the biggest thing was to move forward from it because if you, if you hold on to that, that's where it's like a snowball effect. More, more penalties or more bad things that happen. So we talk, like, I talked to Donnie. I was like, hey, Donnie, forget it. And he wiped it off. And fortunately, we was able to go and score again. Along those same lines, Rashad White had a fumble earlier in the third quarter of the game. He's the guy that catches the game-winning touchdown pass. A rookie in the final seconds. Can you say enough about that redemptive moment? Man, Rashad is awesome. Rashad is a great back. All of our backs are great. I feel like if it was any of the backs, any of the backs would have made that catch. But for a rookie to go out there and, you know, take advantage of the opportunity, you know, kudos to him. Um, he's a great back. Um, you know, that, that was one of those things early in the game, you know, he fumbled the ball. We told him, hey, wipe it off. You know, you're going to get another chance. And I'm glad he did. And, you know, fortunately, he got the other chance that he made up for it. I did not get to ask you this question last week, but here we go. Uh, playing with Tom Brady, especially in these kind of situations, and I see the chuckle from you, it's unreal. Absolutely. Um, like I told somebody uh, like a year ago, like, you know, I've been watching, you know, Tom been playing since I was three. You know, I'm, I'm 25. You don't tell him that, do you? Do you remind him of that or no? Uh, absolutely not, man. But, I mean, it's it's great for me because, like, you know, I understand, you know, the pressure. I understand who I'm blocking for. Um, so, you know, that, that put more motivation on me to, you know, sit, you know, whenever Tom retired, send him out a great way um, and do everything I can to, you know, help not only Tom but this team win another Super Bowl. Can you say enough about what this obviously does psychologically for this team, not just that you did it, but the way that you did it? And granted, there's five games left to go in the regular season and then hopefully a postseason. But to get level at 6-6 six and six on Monday Night Football against a nemesis team, it's got to be a huge lift for this team psychologically, yes? Absolutely. Um, any win, whether this was you know, a divisional opponent or anybody else, but you know, it, it was a divisional opponent. Um, and we did come out with a win. So, you know, it's, it's great. You know, uh, everybody's feeling great. Um, you know, we, we glad to win. You know, every win is a great win, um, whether it's close or a blowout. Um, a win is a win. So we happy. And, you know, we ready for next week. That line is fortified and you're, you're thrilled. You're thrilled for what these guys were able to do with those winning touchdown drives and credit the defense for being able to get two stops at the end of the game to give you chances to go and win it. After Todd Bowles again punted the ball down 16-3, to the defense got not one but two stops. And I know some is being made, too, about Mark Ingram making the catch and running out of bounds on his own. I mean, that's for the Saints to answer. Whether, Grant, whether Ingram was still hurt and hurt himself, uh, him running out of bounds and not going for the first down that could have basically helped them kill the clock, that's on them. They throw on third and one instead of running, and it's incomplete. That's on them. They're not able to convert on the third down pass that Hill had in his hands. He's got to be able to hold it. If you're a Saints fan, we're thrilled as Buccaneer fans, uh, observers. And again, I work for the team. You know where my allegiance is. That Keanu Neal knocks that ball out. The, the Saints had their chances, and the Bucs took it from them at the end of the game. You had a chance to stop the Buccaneers not once but twice on the touchdown drives. Didn't do it either time. Um, and I know Dennis Allen was taking timeouts there at the very end, and you're going to hear Todd Bowles talk about that and the strategy in a few moments. They tried everything, and they couldn't stop the GOAT. 
That is now 56 game-winning touchdown drives in the fourth quarter and overtime, including the playoffs. You hear the number being bantied about that he broke Peyton Manning's regular season record for game-winning drives, but the the postseason drives count too. Fourth quarter and overtime, he's had so many postseason games. That's 56 of them now. If you have like 15 or 20 game-winning drives in your career, you're looking at a potential Hall of Fame career if you're that good of a quarterback in the NFL. To have 56 of them is just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's continue with our uh, Hooters postgame show conversations uh, in the aftermath of the Monday night win, including the head coach, Todd Bowles. Uh, with everything on the line, this team delivered, and here were his thoughts early Tuesday. Okay, it's obvious. It did not look good for a while, and then it flipped around in the final five minutes. Let's go to the end and talk about how your team pulled this game out, particularly with number 12 at the controls. Coach, tell me more about it. Well, once we had went no huddle, they came up and executed very well. I thought he did a great job of spreading the ball around when they were doubling Chris and Mike and finding some plays for Scotty, some plays for Cade. Julio got open sometime, and the running backs got open. So, you know, you see it all the time on TV, but seeing it in person when he's doing that and he's clicking and they get going, you know, it's something to see. It's too bad we got to wait for the end of the game to get going. Obviously, we left points out there, but very happy with the results. Okay, as I just said in talking to Cade Otten, you don't get get the winning touchdown if you don't get the first touchdown so let's talk about that play down around the goal line he actually rolled a little bit to the right and then found Otten in the back right corner of the end zone just describe what you saw on that play because it's obviously huge to start the comeback yeah it was supposed to go to the running back but they covered that one pretty good and he looked on the second level K was right behind him and K's been shown to have Sure hands. So now you go back on defense and you're able to get the sack from Carl Nassib on second down that ended up being large. Just talk from what you remember about that play because it really put them behind and down in distance. Well, Levante did a great job taking away Taysom Hill, who they wanted on the out route right there, and he had to hold the football longer. That allowed Carl to get there and make that play, but the coverage allowed the sack to occur, and I thought that was huge for us. And another big play right after that where they potentially have the first down, and Keanu Neal, we believe, is the one that got in there and knocked that ball out and forced the punt. Again, there's not a comeback in the final drive if your D doesn't get off the field, right? Hey, he made a heck of a play. You know, it was a team effort. It was a complete team win all the way around, and, you know, we're happy we got it. All right, take me through the frantic final minute. You had outside the two-minute warning, still a timeout left. You get the completion to Julio Jones, 15 yards down to the five. You actually got in the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown to Godwin. It's called back on the penalty. Take me through what's being said, what's being discussed, because you had a lot of options. They're taking timeouts as well. There was a lot of strategy in the final 20, 25 seconds or so of the game, right? Well, we didn't flinch. We still had one timeout. Obviously, we only went back to the 15, so we knew we had to get a little bit closer. And then we had that timeout there, but they called a timeout, which kind of helped us out a little bit. And, you know, Tom executed, everybody executed, and we knew Rashad made the play at the end. These are always fun when you win. When they called timeout, just out of curiosity, did you stick with the same play? Or are you even going to tell me? Or did you switch it up? I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> All right. Is that Rashad White's play primarily? Is that what you're looking for? Is he just one of the options to get open and get it to him? He's one of the options. We understood if they were doubling guys in the end zone, then there was a chance that he could be open and he could slide in. And, and Tom did a good job and had great patience. And Rashad made the play a tone for his fumble. We'll give you a couple of fun ones. Kate Otten catches a game-winning touchdown pass in the final 10 seconds as a rookie from Tom Brady to beat the Rams. Rashad White's first touchdown pass of his NFL career is with three seconds left on Monday Night Football from Tom Brady. That's something else. And and, uh, just say a little more about that young man, about White. He had a fumble earlier in the game. He hangs in there. He gets the game winner. He's a pro. He knows he's got to protect the football, but he's not going to hang his head. He came right back in there, and he was into the game, and he made the play to win it, and I'm happy for him. Can you say enough about what this does for your psyche? It looked bleak for so long in the second half and the fourth quarter, and now you've won the game to get to 6-6. Six and six. Now you – obviously five games left, but you are in position to control your destiny and win the division. Can you say enough about what this comeback does off of tonight? I mean, that's our goal. You know, no matter what happens, our goal is to win the division first and then try to win the Super Bowl. So – 
we're still on track to win it. We won a, a, a conference game and we won a division game, obviously, which was huge for us going forward. So we got to make sure we do the same thing when we play Atlanta and Carolina. All right, one more. You now get ready on a shorter week, as dramatic and as exciting as this was. It's a shorter week to go all the way out to California and play the 49ers in what becomes now in the NFC playoff picture an important game as well. Just say something about having to get right back at it very quickly here. Huge game, tough team, outstanding defense, uh, a lot of great athletes on offense. So it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge for us. So tomorrow, once they wake up, this game is over and we move on. But for tonight, get to enjoy. There are a lot of Buccaneer fans that are in traffic, that are listening, etc. Right now, any message for them? They were loud, and those that stayed got rewarded, and a bunch of them stayed. I'll make sure I have some chip away cookies for them when I get home with some milk. <laughs> cookies and milk tonight for the celebration. Coach, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. I like that in our conversation that I, I was I was trying to get it out of him, Buccaneer fans. Was it the same play on the Rashad White player? Did you change it? And he, he looked right at me, smiled. I'm not going to tell you that. Hey, take it. Take it for what it's worth. Two incredible finishes at Raymond James Stadium back-to-back. If you were able to be there, even if you were enjoying, enjoying it on TV and Buccaneers Radio, Savor a Cade Otten winning touchdown to beat the Rams in the final 10 seconds. And now Tom Brady's latest touchdown ever to win a game in his 23-year career. You can't get much later than three seconds left on the clock. Two or one is the only, only thing that can be later uh, to have, or I guess, no time left on the final play. Uh, Rashad White uh, gets in the end zone. And again, the Buccaneers did what they had to do. It was not pretty, Buccaneer fans. I get it. But you did what you had to do. And it counts as a win. At the end of this season, it's not going to be, how did you win? It's not going to be, was it ugly or pretty? It's just going to be, did you win? Did you win enough to get into the postseason? And that's all you're looking for right now, to win the South and get in. All right, uh, we've heard from a lot of the different people that were on the receiving end or or blocking in Nick Leverett's case for Tom Brady. Here is the GOAT. Once again, after a triumphant win on Monday Night Football, early Tuesday, he was meeting with the media about this victory to get the Buccaneers at six and six. Just like we drew it up. <laughs> Just like we drew it up. Tom, can you talk about that last play to Rashad? Were you trying to get him in, in for that particular play? What did you see on that matchup? Yeah, it was great. Uh, great route by Rashad. Great catch. Uh, Byrett made a great call. So it was, you know, we thought we threw the touchdown. I didn't see the, the one we hit to Chris. And then, uh, Thought I threw it in about a quarter of a second. I was like, "How's there?" I told her, "How's there a hole?" I threw. I caught it and threw it, and they put us back on. I think the 15, and then still found a way. So it was a, uh, you know, great team win. And the heartbreak of last success. week. How did it feel to kind of have a role reversal this week? Yeah, it was good. You know, it's just, uh, two, you know, we had a lot of games come down to the end, and some we've won, some we've lost. It's just why we're six and six. So not where we want to be, but we'll keep fighting. You guys have had a lot of success uh, down the stretch, two-minute drive. What's the difference there for your offense as you guys were able to conduct that game-winning drive as you did tonight and you guys did against the Rams a few weeks ago? Yeah, we've been pretty good in the, uh, you know, no-huddle two-minute drills. And, um, you know, that um, a lot of games come down to those types of plays. Our guys made them. You know, at the end of the day, our guys made the plays this week. And Mike made plays, Chris made plays, Cade made plays, Rashad made plays, Lenny made plays, uh, Julio made some great plays, everyone contributed so um, it's a hard hard team to beat and um, you know just glad we won it was a you know they got a great defense they played us very physical like we thought you know we made some mistakes in there but uh, you know we made enough plays in the end to win this is the first time you beat the Saints at home also scored a touchdown against the Saints at home um, what does that mean to the team um, yeah it's kind of it's the truth um, I'm glad we won I was going to say it's an insult, but it's really not an insult. It's the absolute truth. Um, I wish we could score more points against them. They make it really hard. They got a really good scheme. They've got good players. They cover you well. They rush well. Really good linebackers. Um, just tough, tough game, but a great win. Todd Bull said that that was Rashad's play kind of all week, the one that you scored the last touchdown yeah. on. Did, were you calling? Like at one point, it sounded like you were yelling 29, or were you, were you calling for that play? You know, he does a good job on that. So it's just kind of, we worked on with him quite a bit. And, um, you know, just Lenny's been in there a lot, doing an unbelievable job. I think we had two great backs. So we'll keep using them both. And who's ever in there, I got confidence in. And, uh, you know, Lenny, I love Lenny. Nobody loves Lenny more than me, probably his mother, a few of his family members, but I'm probably right, right up there. And, um, you know, Rashad's doing a great job. So 
Tom, in the game aside, earlier in the game, and it seems like a common trend, uh, first down runs, just predictability behind that. Do you feel like when you're in those situations that teams are loading the box more, kind of know what's coming, and how do you adapt from that going forward? Yeah, we just got to do, you know, look, we had just, we got to find a formula that allows us to score more points more consistently, and I know we're so, still searching through it. We've had a lot of guys in and out, and we're trying to find some good formulas, and we got to, um, you know, we're going to keep grinding. That yeah, last month uh, there, um, it looked like you guys, the offense, wanted to stay out on the field naturally. Um, what was the dialogue like with, with the coaching staff, you know, when they ultimately brought the punt team out? There wasn't a way at first we were going to go for it and then, you know, just decide to punt it. So ultimately it was a great decision by Todd to punt it and, you know, we don't get it. You know, they kick a field goal. We need two, two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, which is very tough. But uh, our defense really stepped up and played great. They played amazing all year, kept us in the game. And allowed us to, you know, get the ball back there with a chance to win with a couple, with you know, two minutes left. So that's all you can ask. So Brady again, thirty-six of fifty-four, two eighty-one, and the two touchdowns. Did have the one interception that he would love to have back, but you'll take that to trade off for the two touchdown drives, ninety-one yards to get in the end zone and fairly quickly and give yourself a chance to win, and then sixty-three yards in two and a half minutes on the game winner. You're just leaving the goat too many times, and I, I, I too much time. And I was saying, look, I, I'm not being cocky. I'm I'm just thinking ahead. As as I said on the podcast last week, you've always got to be thinking ahead. And it's almost greedy to even say this and contemplate this, but you're standing there going, don't leave the Saints too much time. They got timeouts left. You don't want to give them a chance to kick the field goal the same way that the Browns, who were desperate, didn't want to leave Tom Brady time to go get a field goal in Cleveland. And so it works out in the end. You burn most of the clock. You get the catch by Julio Jones. You got the touchdown that gets wiped off the board. I mean, folks, we can't overemphasize this. You could have folded up after the penalty. You're backed up now to second and goal from the, uh, from the 16-yard line after the 10-yard penalty. And there's, there's only, uh, what, 15, 16 seconds left. You throw incomplete over the middle. You then throw to Chris Godwin to get it down to the 6-yard line. And you've basically got two plays with a timeout left to get in the end zone, and you do so. What a redemptive moment all the way around for the offense, for Brady. Look, I, I am not going to sit here and tell you there are not flaws and problems that need to be corrected. But you're 6-6, six and six and you got the win dramatically. You're in first place in the division to host a playoff game. Be thrilled with that, Buccaneer fans. We sat for so many Decembers with this team out of it. You're not out of it. You have got a puncher's chance in the playoffs. I watched the New York Giants as a wild card come in, we remember this, and beat the Buccaneers in the 2007 season, the January 2008 playoffs. And they went on a roll and then beat the 14-2 Cowboys the next week and then beat Favre and the Packers at Lambeau the following week in the NFC title game. And then, oh, by the way, beat who? Tom Brady and the, and the perfect Patriots, who were 18-0. Just get in the tournament and find a way to win games. They didn't even have a home game. Buccaneers didn't even have a home game in the pandemic playoffs two years ago. Just get in the tournament. However you can get there, get in the tournament. And you've set yourself up for that now with five games to go. So now you're off to San Francisco on the short week, Santa Clara to be exact, about 30 miles south of San Francisco proper. That's where we'll be Sunday afternoon. 49ers off a shutout of who else? The Saints. Uh, 13 to nothing. Um, and, and so now San Francisco having to deal with their third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, the former Iowa State quarterback, a seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. The last pick in the 2022 draft is now their guy, and they utilized him throwing the ball a bunch in the in the second half of the game uh, with the Saints, uh, or actually the Saints' uh, shutout win was Jimmy Garoppolo, still a quarterback. They come off the win over the Dolphins, I should say, with Purdy throwing the ball a bunch in that game. So he's going to be the primary quarterback. Josh Johnson at the time that we're taping this signed off the Broncos practice squad will be the backup. Josh Johnson, a former Buccaneer quarterback. Josh Johnson, who has been part literally of 14 different NFL rosters as a reserve player or a practice squad player. 14 of them. The Broncos practice squad and now the uh, the 49ers active roster are the 13th and 14th teams for him to be on. So Josh Johnson, a 36-year-old, is the veteran backup behind Purdy, the former Iowa State Cyclone. Christian McCaffrey uh, now obviously in San Francisco. And, and you've got uh, Bosa pass rushing, Armstead pass rushing. You've got Debo Samuel, who's a handful to deal with as a receiver and as a runner for this team. And the 49ers were a playoff team and won a playoff game at Lambeau a year ago. 
in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, some different personnel, Garoppolo was at quarterback then, they're dangerous, and they're hungry to win the NFC West, and this is an enormous game for them at home, chasing with the Seahawks to win the West. And how about this, Buccaneer fans? I mean, this is what you want, meaningful December football. Because if you find a way to beat the 49ers on Sunday, however it can happen, it's likely not going to be a 31-30 shootout. It's probably going to be an ugly 13-10, 16-13-17-14-type game. If you find a way to beat the 49ers, you not only bolster your chances even more to win the South and make the playoffs at 7-6, and six, but you would now knock them only a game in front of you where in chasing the Seahawks and the 49ers for playoff seating, you would have the tiebreaker over both of them. If you can somehow get to that ninth win, or maybe even, don't get greedy, there's a long way to go, get to a tenth win, you might be able to win a tiebreaker against the 49ers or the Seahawks. And bear in mind, the 49ers still have to play the Seahawks in Seattle before the end of the year, a head-to-head game uh, for both of them. So you got the tiebreaker over Seattle. This is a chance to get it over the 49ers. It may or may not matter. But again, right now, you're trying to do whatever you can to go get this win and go win as many as you can and lock up that division down the stretch. Right now at 6-6, lock up the NFC South. All right, so that's the matchup. That will be coming Sunday. Uh, We will be on the air at 3 with Buccaneers Radio. Kickoff just after 4 Eastern time, 1 in the West, headed out to Northern California. Buccaneers have had some success. One there in the 2016 season in Santa Clara. That year, Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback against Jameis Winston in the Buccaneer defense with Gerald McCoy, Levante David and company getting that win. We'll see what happens out west for this matchup, a large matchup in the NFC playoff picture for the reasons that I just expressed. I know the rest of the South is rooting for a 49er win over the Buccaneers, but hey, look, the Bucs are trying, trying now to win, in this case, what would be a fourth victory in five games to pick up some momentum if you're able to get this win against a third-string rookie quarterback taking on Tom Brady after what we've seen with these comebacks. Let's see what will happen for the matchup with the 49ers. Again, we'll be on at 3 on Buccaneers Radio, 98 Rock, all the affiliates, the Buccaneers mobile app, Sirius XM, and tune in wherever you get Buccaneers Radio. We're on the air at 3 Eastern time, kickoff just after 4 uh, Eastern for this matchup. For now, that will do it for this edition of Nothing But Bucks. Savor this. Another thrilling win. A Tom Brady uh, Buccaneer win yet again. We're getting used to this stuff. We, we like this stuff. We, we realize New England uh, now realizes and is jealous of what they used to have and don't have anymore with what Brady keeps doing with his magic. And at 45 years of age, this is a bonus to keep having it in year three. Are you kidding me? But take it. Take the 13-point comeback. Take the win. Great outlook at 6-6 to win the division. Just keep winning, Buccaneers. We'll be back next Monday with a recap podcast. We'll be back early Monday morning from Traveling to the West. Recap podcast on Nothing But Bucks should be out by the middle of the day. Next Monday, we're always here after each and every Buccaneer game. It'll be Mondays from here on out after the Sunday games down the stretch of the season and hopefully now into the postseason in January. It's certainly looking a lot better after that win over the Saints. So a victory Tuesday edition of the show. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. I am merely TJ Reeves. Excited, elated, a little sleep deprived, but worth it. A 13-point comeback, Buccaneer fans, as the Bucs defeat the Saints 17-16, level their record at 6-6, off to Santa Clara to play the 49ers this week. We'll come in after it's over to recap it right here on Nothing But Bucks.